Well, and to in your point in that, that in that knew. story, in your story, like they did fuck all about it in the fifty years since it passed. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They, and, this has and, been a and fight, my, an ongoing fight, and they've done nothing. To, they've oh, done let's nothing. Cod- and, let's codify and, Roe v. Wade. Uh, maybe do that in 1974. I'm Don Hall, and I'm David Himmel, and this is the Literate Apecast. Week. Oh, by the way, Woo. happy 4th of July today. Uh, yeah, let's... Because this is dropping on the 4th of July. Happy 4th of July. I I don't care. I I don't... I, what independent... I, you know, like, it just, it feels awkward to celebrate independence in a week that has been restricting, taking rights away from Americans. It's just, it... It it just feels off. You know, it doesn't feel off for me. I'm not that excited because I have to do it in Las Vegas. But uh, you know, and I mean, I'll I'll get to see some fireworks. I'm not. I was never a big flag waver anyway. But you know, I'm not any less or more proud yeah. to be American than I was eh. five six years ago. You know, no, it's like but it's, it's just it's you know even like. Because, yeah, like, I've never been a big flag waver, but it's always been like, yeah, let's wave some fucking flags and have some fun. Uh, you know, like, just kind of join in with the, the jubilee of all of it. Sure. But this, I'm kind of like, no, just keep your flags away. Just put, just shut up. Put the flags down. I am, I did go see last night um, Rory Zacker and his, like, old uh, other buddies of ours, but, like, his best buddies from, like, childhood. They put on a hell of a fireworks show. They spend, like, thousands of dollars on like legit fireworks yeah that's what a... i used to do in marion kansas yeah we'd yeah. spend like three thousand dollars on night works and we'd do it out in front of the lake and i've got a picture of me literally surrounded like within inches of me of just fucking shit exploding it's a picture of my mom i'm silhouetted and there's just shit blown up it's very funny yeah to me. it's it's an insane spectacle and i and i love it um so you know that's always fun and i will say this I noticed this last year. We had just moved into the house, and I was driving to um, where Rory launches these things off, which is like the edge of Wicker Park, like just off the Division 94 exit. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm driving, you know, toward the city, and there's like, there's the beautiful skyline. I'm on the 94, and the city has never looked prettier. And not because of all the fireworks going off all over the town, but because of the way the smoke worked oh, with yeah. the lights. With the city lights, like it's it sort of just, like L.A. looks. L.A. looks really beautiful with all the pollution. Yeah, but it was. I mean, it was like it was like a Monet. I mean, it was just like all the the. It was pastels, and it was just it was gorgeous. And like the sun was like just about to go away. It was ah, oh, it was the most beautiful I've ever seen the city. So I'm excited for that. You know, hopefully we well, get that this Fourth of July. So, so you're not feeling very. You don't think you don't think this whole experience with the. Uh, well, here's the question that I have. I have two questions I want to ask you. Did I vote? Um, no. No. The first question that I'm going to ask you is, um, 
do you think we are in what I'm going to call, and that's what I call, uh, I call it in a piece that I wrote uh, mm-hmm. that's, that came out last week. Do you think that we are in right now what I'm calling a cold, uncivil war? Because I, you know, there's a lot of stuff I've read about. Oh, we're going into a civil war. We're going into a civil war, yeah. and I don't, and I don't actually think that that's the case. But I'm curious what your your thoughts on that are. Well, my first response is, you know, civil war versus uncivil war. I mean, the the, the phrase civil war is, is stupid. No war is civil. No. I mean, I guess they were more polite when you had to stop and take 20 minutes to reload after one shot, you know, and you wore like bright well, red not, uniforms that, and, you know, it was... it was. That's yeah. not why it's called a civil war, but right. okay. Of course not. It's civil war is between, war. yeah, between an internal war of the same country, the same people fighting yeah. each other. Right. Civilian wars, yeah. yeah. So, um, do I think that we are at, I mean, dude, I've thought, I felt that we were, have been in a cold civil war for like five, six, seven years now, whatever it's been. Um, basically since like Trump came down the escalators, it started to become more apparent to me, like, oh, there's, there is a strong division taking shape. Like the, the fault line is, is widening. You know that shit's shaken up. And you, so, see, my 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 argument was at least in the piece was that uh, yeah, we're in a place right now. I mean, right now it, it's very funny. I mean, funny, funny uh, that uh, you know we're focused on the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade when a much bigger case is around the bend, which is uh, Exxon versus the federal government, uh, Exxon versus the EPA. If they yeah. rule in favor of Exxon. Um, it really does put into question whether or not the government can regulate anything in the states. Right. And, and, and that's, that's a pretty ugly thing. And what my, my point is, we are now entering sort of a new era of states' rights. Mm-hmm. But I've also, your, your comment, we've been, in an un, we've been sort of in a cold civil war. I think we've been in a cold civil war since the beginning of the country. And the only time it became a hot civil war was in the 1860s. Sure. Because I mean, I mean, you know, calls for the, the 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 Democratic president to stack the court. FDR tried that, right? You know, and I mean, we've had we've had the Great Depression, we've had Jim Crow, we've had uh, you know, we had we had the Cuban Missile Crisis. We've been in, and and it's always the two sides of the country um, fighting it out, mm-hmm. and and so I don't think this is any better or any worse. Uh, I think we think it's worse because we kind of freaked out about Trump, and for good reason um, in a lot of cases. But I, I I don't think it's any worse now. I mean, it's one of the things I was telling Donnie Smith because uh, you know when we we were I was in L.A. at his house when the news came down about Roe v. Wade, which we all knew yeah. was coming, right. and our Democratic leaders did fuck all about it. Well, and to your point in that in that, in that story in your story, like. They did fuck all about it in the 50 years since it passed. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They, this and, has and, been a and fight, my, an ongoing fight, and they've done nothing. To, they've oh, done let's, nothing. Cod- and, let's codify and, Roe v. Wade. Uh, maybe do that in 1974. Yeah. Well, and I think what I think is also uh, very interesting is that uh, in 1973, the outrage at the activist court was on the other side of the fence. Right. And... And they were patient, and I and I think a lot of it. I don't think I, I don't want to give the Republicans 
the benefit of the doubt that they were that this was a chess game so much. I think they were patient, but they were also very lucky. I mean, this all came down because McConnell refused Merrick Garland's confirmation mm-hmm. hearing. Uh, Ruth Gator Ginsburg did not resign before she died. I mean, there's a lot of factors that came into this that 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 turned into this, and we kind of knew this was going to happen. Um, but I also don't think it's the end-all, be-all. I think it just means uh, if we're smart, and I don't know if we're the very smart uh, on the left, but if we're smart, then we will actually do all the things that we need to do to ensure abortion rights. We need to take uh, a playbook out of the evangelical Christian right and do what they did to get what they wanted. I mean, I think that's part of it. Well, but the other thing is... I disagree. I think we need to do what Ireland did. Go to war with itself? (laughs) Well, Ireland was at war with itself. And then once the war ended and they, they, you know, they they had uh, that, that uneven hatred, but they were still all civil... Um, at a certain point, they decided the the citizens decided that they were going to go on a campaign of convincing and showing and civil disobedience, not violent, but civil disobedience. Um, one of the stories that I read that I thought was really the most interesting is before, because Ireland has a national uh, right to abortion, mm-hmm. the entire country, and that's including the Catholics, mm-hmm. and they and they all voted for it. And they made it a referendum. But part of that was, it was illegal. And I, I read this story. I love this story. It was these three old Irish ladies. All hmm. three too old. All three all three too old to have babies. I know this story, yeah. Who bought, who bought yeah. their abortion pills. That it was illegal. And they just showed up. Turn, they, they weren't going to use them. Turned themselves they in. possession and turned themselves yep. in. Because eventually that was sort of the game. And so I think that's the playbook we need to play, because I think if we play the playbook, because that's kind of what we've been doing ever since Trump came into office, is we've been trying to play their way. We're not good at it. We're not good at it at all. We're just not good at it. So why keep going down that road? Come come up with a better road. The, The thing about, and you know, we have talked about this and written about it. The reason that I'm I'm worried about our ability to get to, to reinstitute rights and keep this country from becoming a Christian governed nation. Because um, that's, they're really trying hard and they're, they're making a lot of noise about it now, like more than has ever been made more actively and close to pulling the trigger in my, in my life that I, that I can think of, which is weird, you know? But um, the problem with the left is the infighting. There are factions of the right that don't agree with they're, they're not all magas, right? They're not all they're not all not even they're close, not all yeah. evangelical Christian, but they're still on the same train and even in the same train car and just being like, "Ugh, that guy's fucking annoying, but I'll just put my headphones on and block it out." We can't do that. Katie was in a Facebook argument with some woman in some like mommy group that she's in and I'm very loosely paraphrasing, you know, just the retelling, but it was like that some woman's like son or child who's like five years old, six years old came home from school or came home one day or whatever. And was like asking about, um, trans people. Like are, are some boys, girls, are some girls, are some boys, girls, you know, like what is this? And it became this whole thing about how to talk to your kid about trans. And Katie was like, they're six years old. What are their questions? Like, 
here's how I would respond to that if this were my kid. So Katie is answering from a point of individuality, those specific factors, knowing who your child is, knowing the kind of home we're raising them in. And this one woman just jumped on her throat. She's like, that's not inclusive. You're not, you're not telling your child all about the other pronouns and this and all this other shit. And Katie's like, yeah, because at six, you have to simplify it a little bit in their terms so they understand. Like, get them to know that there's a, it exists, but like in a simple way that they can understand. There's a reason I don't read Harry, um, you know, the ultimate comics because they're too complicated for him. But I can read him plenty of other comic books with superheroes and shit in it, you know? Because it's yeah, more and, on but, his and, level. For and him you've to been reading him. You've been reading him a lot of Gore Vidal and Howard Zinn, right. and <laughs> right. you know. And so I get but that. I the get that. The fact is, understand. the left is like it's like Katie and this woman are on the same side. Like trans people have rights. All you know, whatever. All all that shit. But like this woman is jumping down her throat and calling her a terrible mother, and you're a bad person, and you're not pro trans, and you're a fucking bigot. Da, 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 da. Like it's just a different approach to the same thing. And mm-hmm. that's what the left does. Is it fucking... What did you put in your, um, your I believe, last week? Something about... The left has done a really good job of, of policing how we say woman. Woman. Do you say police? We, the, the feminists of the left, of today's left, have done a fam, fantastic job policing our use of the word woman while failing to protect the one major victory of second yeah. wave feminism. Yeah. And that's a perfect point because we're too busy nitpicking all this shit that, yeah, I guess it, it matters, but in the grand scheme of things, is this the thing we should be putting our focus on, our energy on? Because look where we are. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, I, guess, I guess we can spell woman with a Y now. We're all on board with that, but okay. Well, and and the thing I think is most interesting is that nobody's talking about, I mean, no one is claiming, I mean, well, I'm sure there are some people who are claiming this, but nobody's claiming that Roe v. Wade is about birthing people's reproductive rights. Everybody on any kind of level is talking about women's reproductive rights. Why? Because when the fucking rubber hits the road, that's what it's about. It's not about the, the seven transgender <laughs> men that can have a baby. It's not. It just come on. Let's just not be silly about it and that's what it is. We've yeah. gotten to a point where we're where we're silly. We're not serious anymore. And and you know and, what? And but let's give them let's give those seven trans trans women the right to an abortion too. Like they're included in this. Well, this is this has been my this is it was interesting. I was listening to because you know I listen to Megan Daum's The Unspeakable Podcast, mm-hmm. and I really like Megan Daum a lot. Um, I'm kind of in love with her. I mean, just her voice. Um, um, you know, I just think she's. I just love listening to her talk, and I love the conversation she. Well, she just she's got a two parter, and uh, it's a conversation with basically these two people. One woman who is anti gun, and pro gun control and this former police officer who is I wouldn't call him pro second amendment but he's he's not anti-gun you know I mean but one of the things that he made and I thought this was an actually a really fabulous point was it's not that we don't have effective gun control laws it's that we don't enforce them and you can make as many laws as you want 
If they are not enforced, they are meaningless. And I, I pull that over to the trans rights is that if you look at the, the text of anti-discrimination laws, trans people have all the same rights you and I have. The difference yeah. is those rights are not enforced. So we don't need to double down on, because we're not talking about trans rights. We're talking about trans acceptance. And that's a different thing. Yeah. And, and it takes longer. It takes more time. Look how long it took for us to just, as a country, to finally go, you know what? Gay people are fine. I saw them on Will and Grace and, uh, <laughs> and Ellen. And, uh, and so, yeah, they should be able to get married. Because oh, I remember when I was in high school, there was only about 30% of the people in the country polled that would say, yes, they were in favor of, of gay marriage. Yeah. And then over the course of about 20 years, and some of it was was angry, but most of it was just inclusive. It was just sort of like peppering it, let's see it. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I think uh, euphoria will have more to do with trans rights and trans acceptance than any screaming asshole at the steps of Netflix. Yeah. You know, and, and, I, and I think, you know, that I, I, I guess that's the thing. Um, I, I think we've always been in a cold civil war. I think we're always going to be in a cold civil war. And I think that's because that is what democracy breeds. It's a whole room full of people and about half don't. I mean, it's, in, it's interesting that you talk about it becoming a theocratic country when you, know, you look at, take a look. And that's the thing I think is most interesting is fewer people believe in God than have ever believed in God in this country ever before. They're losing church members and believers like, a, like fucking water out of a leaky boat. Yeah. And so it's not so much that they want it. It's, it's that you have two things going on. You well, have this bizarre idea of the great replacement theory, which right. is silly. Yeah. It's just fucking silly, but they believe it. They believe that white people are somehow being replaced. And white Christians, and then you also, so white Christians are being replaced. Well, just white people in general. But then you also have, on top of that, the concept that Christianity is being marginalized and shoved to the, which it is. And their their slice of the pie is getting smaller, and they're getting freaked out, and they're getting angry, and they're losing their shit. And who didn't know this was coming? Who right. you just said it? Fifty years. This 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 very. And it's been a slender hold on a constitutional right because yeah. it was never made a part of. That's the thing. If you want to make it a constitutional right. You have an amendment. That's how we do it in this country. That's how it's always been done in this country. That's how it's supposed to be done. The left had 50 fucking years to make it at the equal rights. I was alive when the first big equal rights amendment push came, and we botched it. And, yeah. uh, and, yeah. and, and I remember the second wave of the equal rights amendment, and we botched that. We don't need to, to have abortions on demand on federal lands. We don't need to have us have half the country where abortion is illegal and the other half where it is. What we need is we need to have a constitutional Congress and we need to amend the Constitution to include abortion as a suite of women's reproductive and health rights that are a right for a woman. I think it's, and it, yes, but I think it's even more than that. It's it's a right to privacy. 
And I think you're it's, absolutely it's, right. It's autonomy. It's individual choice. It is, it's all the things the right is supposed to be built on. Less government, stay out of my living room type shit, you know? And that's the thing. Like, they, you know, the, the Supreme Court allowed the, um, or whatever, ruled in favor of the, uh, that Texas football coach that preys on the, oh, yeah. on the field. That's another one, yeah. Now, here's my question. Is, would they have ruled in favor of the coach if the coach had been a Jew reading, reciting a, a Jewish prayer. Well, and the thing I is, I don't think that's so. The, this is the beauty of the law. This is the beauty of the law, and there is a beauty, and that's why I look at July Fourth, and I'm, you know, I'm not like going to run around the street, you know, with my naked body painted red, white, and blue, go America, America. I'm not going to. That's yeah. not my jam. But I'm not unproud to be an American. It's not like I'm ashamed to be an American. And I understand there's plenty of people that right now are. I'm not. Because that's the beauty of the law. They just said this guy could, at the end of a game, drop to his knees and pray. And you know what? They're right. Because he's not enforcing his religion on anybody else. He's not requiring that his students participate. It's his individual thing. And what it does is it does open up the door that if somebody, somebody who worships you know, Baal, the god of giant cocks or something, mm. that they have they have every right, just as he does, that now has been codified in law, that if a Jewish rabbi who happens to be a football coach, as unlikely as that is, <laughs> the Jewish rabbi can get up at the end of a game and he can do his, his prayer and or her prayer. And that yeah, is... Yeah, I, I disagree with that. I, I think you, if you're doing it on... At a school, public school sanctioned event on public property, uh, it's it's inappropriate to do. If you want to, if you want to take time for yourself and pray, do your own thing. Fucking do it. Or if you want to do a non-denominational prayer with the kids, because part of the story was that he invited the kids to join him. Well, if kids didn't want to do it, all right, and they stepped and that out. That was his. That was the problem. You know, if he does it on his own, if he and and really, if you look at the law, if you look at the law that they. They basically made, they didn't make a law because the Supreme Court can't make a law, but what they did in terms of upholding his constitutional right, um, at least in their, their, their uh, ruling, is that they did not specify. In fact, it doesn't say anything about him inviting others. It gives him the right to pray on the field. That's what it gives him, which means that it also gives anybody else the right yeah. to do exactly the same thing. And that's how rights and that's how Supreme Court decisions work and that's how it works. So what I hope is, I hope a devil worshiper who totally believes in the the the, the power and the eminency of Satan Lucifer does does their prayer uh, at the end of a football game and then they tell him they can't and then they go to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court either goes along with their existing precedent or like they did with Roe, overturn their precedent mm -hmm. so they can make a point. <laughs> it's likely that they'll overturn their precedent to make yeah. a point. And I, you know, again, it's, it's a nuanced thing. Like, you know, if I were the principal of that school, I'd be like, maybe not the most appropriate thing, buddy. Like, do your thing, but try to make it less of a spectacle because there are some yeah. people who it, this is a public school. Like this is not the place for that. Well, Do your thing, but be cool about it. Yeah. Well, and he needs, he needs to have some of his own scripture read to him about, cause I remember there's a parable or not a parable, but uh teach, I think it's in Romans, but uh, someone asked Jesus, 
if it's appropriate for the woman, this is woman that comes into the synagogue and she prays loudly nine times a day and she makes a big fucking show of it. And, uh, and the question to Jesus basically is, does she get more fealty in heaven because she prays so publicly and so aggressively? And he says, no, she already got her reward. And, and, and that's because she was seeking attention and she got the attention. Ah, uh. And yeah. that's the gist. I mean, that's my my very loose paraphrase of it. That's the Blue Jeans Bible version. Yeah. Um, yeah. Remember those? Remember uh-huh. the Blue Jeans Bible? Yeah. Um, and so, all right, here's my second question. Is the slogan, my body, my choice, effective anymore? And the reason I ask is that there are two things that occurred to me, and this was in my I Believes as well. Number one, we are pushing, at least on the left, well, and actually on the right, too, now that you think about it, now I think about it, we're really pushing an identitarian sort of tribal like thing. Yeah. And, it, and that, that is a direct con- contradiction to individualism, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The whole concept of is if I'm black, then I behave just like everybody else that is black does. If I'm white, then I'm just as racist as my forefathers. If I'm if I'm it, it, it just kind of yeah. So so individualism is no longer appropriate. Secondly, it is now a, a slogan that everybody uses for everything, up to and including um, not taking a vaccine. So is right. this is this slogan effective anymore? No, because or was it's, it ever? I think it was effective. I, I yeah. think it was effective. But when something becomes ubiquitous, as this has, when the world is using it for their own specific. Purposes, you know, it's it's a one size fits all slogan at this point. Um, then no, I think it becomes completely ineffective. Ubiquity makes so, anything effective. So ineffective, what? Do you, what do you think is the best slogan for uh, pro choice right now? Because if we can't use my body, my choice, I was thinking, I don't like fucking babies anyway. I mean, that's a good slogan, right? Kill the fucking babies. I mean, right? Yeah, that's being you know glib and maybe droll about it, sure. But I mean, sure. but this, I think the serious answer is uh, the slogan is individual rights to privacy are important. <laughs> not see, exciting. A, it's see, not exciting. I, no, the one I like the best is safe, legal, and rare. Yeah, safe. Yeah, safely loan rares. You know, good. because because well, I was thinking Mary Lynn Smith, uh, Winkle Smith, uh, Donnie's wife, made she and I were were really getting into it, and because uh, that's what she and I do. We 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 love each other. We have a great deal of respect for each other, but boy, do we disagree with each other mm. on a num on a number of issues. But one of the things she said, and and as we were talking about this, she said, "Listen." If you look at the, the, the maternal mortality rate in this country, it's ridiculous. If you look at the infant mortality rate in this country, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. We need to have comprehensive reproductive rights for that reason. And I went, now that is a good argument. It's, That's it's, not an argument. I mean, it's an argument being made, but it's not the argument being made. Right. The argument being made is I have the right to my own choices. Well, you know what? That ain't working. Right. So we got to come up with yeah, something I mean, a little indi- more individualism, nuanced, a little more interesting. I mean, you're right. Because you know, like we said you know, a little bit ago that 
the whole thing of the Republican Party of the GOP for a long time was individualism. Stay out of my living room, stay out of our bedroom. But they've spent a lot of time sticking their nose into everybody else's living rooms and everybody else's bedrooms. Um, and yeah, the individualism is, is going away to make room for the left and their tribalism, the right and their religion. And their tribalism. And their tribalism, which well, is religion. You know, yeah. yeah, it's... Yeah, it's my body, my choice. It's no, because we're just one or two seething uh, human centipedes. One one side is one of us is red, one of us is blue. And that's what we're doing. We're just eating our own shit, eating each other's shit. And I'm telling you, the worst thing we, the worst thing we do as a country, one of the things we never learn. And this is why this goes back to my cold and civil war piece. One of the things we never seem to learn in this country is that when you when you base an entire country on democracy, on individual votes, one man, one vote, the whole concept of that, um, Which doesn't anytime, actually play out in reality. No, it doesn't play out. But it doesn't, well, it doesn't play out in reality. But that's the concept, and that's what we're all. That's what we're heading. That's what we're always striving for. And isn't that what the point is? Is to strive for better. Um, and we have made great progress since the fucking 1776. But one of the things that we never seem to learn is that when we, whenever we try to prohibit the country from doing or having something they really fucking want, they always find a way mm-hmm. to get it. War on Reconstruction. Yeah. We beat you. Your slavery is gone. You can't have slaves anymore. Take over your shit, the South, and the South said, fine, then we're going to create Jim Crow laws, mm-hmm. which is almost exactly like slavery, except we, you know, we don't even have to feed you. If you, <laughs> you know, pro, pro, prohibition, yeah. well, that's what it was. Prohibition yep. was we're taking away your booze, they, and it created the mafia. Mm-hmm. War on drugs, and it created the cartels. Mm-hmm. When you tell this country they can't have something, people get they find a way to get it. So abortion isn't gone. Easy abortions aren't gone. The problem, we're not going back. The problem is, is that it's always, fun- it's more dangerous and it creates crime and it creates destitution. Is, well, okay. Number one, it's not more dangerous. Not Prohibition made things more dangerous. The well, cartels no, pro- made things more dangerous. No, but, but abortion now, today, can be done with a single pill. So, okay. Abortions aren't more dangerous, but the fact that for you those have who to can get their hands the law, on it, the, look at Mexico. Look at Mexico. You know what the pill is designed for? This big pill that everybody talks about. You know what it was actually? What it's actually a pill for? Hangovers, constipation. Yeah, really. Mexico. Yeah, there was a woman in Mexico. I, I actually heard this on NPR. Believe it or not, in between. <laughs> Lesbian poetry, and uh, let's look at uh, some more indigenous land drama. Um, uh, on <laughs> they have NPR, been really heavy on that lately. Oh Jesus Christ! I can't take it. But um, <laughs> there was a story. You about don't have this to. Woman you already did. They don't have any yeah, land left to take. You took it all. <laughs> that's it. We took it all, and and not only that, the Supreme Court just took some more autonomy I know. away the from fuck? them. So you know, come on, dude, oh, just God. give it up. Give it the fuck up. Anyway, there was a Mexican woman who's sort of like their uh, Betty for Dan, I guess. 
And she figured out that this pill, <laughs> this constipation, she is basically like this, this, this constipation pill was effectively an abortion pill. So she started going around getting everybody these fucking pills. Well, the abortion, the actual abortion rate on paper in Mexico, which it, it's illegal, is hardly there. But they have tons of fucking abortions. Yeah. Why? Because she decided this was important. And mm-hmm. it is important. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not really too worried about, about, uh, about the women in this country. I think we've got a long slog to, to, to go through. We're going to have to make some choices, and I think we've got to figure out better ways to do it. And if our best ways, if the best way to win this is to behave just like the Republicans, we are resigning ourselves exactly to a bloody civil war. And I think we can avoid that. I think we just have to, we have to be better at encouraging people and bringing people in. That's, I guess that's my thought. Yeah, it needs to be more, I mean, if we're going to, if we're going to be tribalists, we need to embrace more people into our tribe of our tribe. understanding and kindness and nuance and togetherness and, dare I say, unity among these United States. Number one, Rachel Maddow will host her 9 p.m. in a MSNBC show on Mondays only starting next may she's she was going to completely give up her slot and not be doing it now she's only going to be one night a week what do you think boy another reason to hate mondays um i think i mean look you know my feelings on rachel maddow i think she's extremely intelligent um but she is a smug condescending motherfucker and i can't stand to be in the same room as her television program. Uh, I'm glad she's leaving one day a week. She's kind of doing like the Jay Leno thing. That's exactly what she's doing. You know, or whatever the hell uh, Larry King did where he left his show and then was like doing weird infomercial interviews. Whatever the fuck or David, that was. Or, or David Letterman who said, I'm going to go away and now I'm going to get a great big beard and do this uh, this Netflix show, which Letter- actually is Letterman's a really good is different. show. Yeah, Letterman is different though. Yeah, it's because a really good show. He, like, he's doing a different show. He's not doing the same mm-hmm. thing just on Netflix. I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. All right, number two. A Nazi SS concentration camp guard, <laughs> now 101 years old, has just been sentenced to life in prison. That'll be a fun three days for him. <laughs> um, I'm, I, 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 I'm glad we're still hunting the original Nazis. <clears throat> It'd be nice if we could bust more of the, like, younger, active ones. But, uh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Number three. Your hometown, my former hometown, Mayor Lori Lightfoot screams to a crowd, fuck Clarence Thomas. I I 100% agree with her. 110,000% 110,000% agree with her. However, I, you're mayor of the third largest metropolitan area or city in the United States. As much as I love cursing and have no problem with people cursing, 
it still feels like it shouldn't come out of an elected official's mouth to a crowd of hundreds or 40, whoever yep. was there. It just, yeah, it but this still but th- feels... This is Chicago, and it is also uh, Rahm Emanuel was the mayor. Who is a piece of Richard, shit. Richard Daly, both senior and junior. Pieces and they, of shit. All of, all of them were known for their profanity yes. in public. So I, I think Lurie's But I don't think that job. theirs was public like that. Like, even Rahm yeah. didn't get up on stage and be like, fuck, that's the, true. fuck the, the teacher's union. You know, he, yeah, that's true. he kept he that shit as private as he could. My uh, second question on on that is why are we piling up on Clarence Thomas when it's really Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and fucking Comey Barrett that are really driving this? It's is it just because we hate him because he's black? What? No, <laughs> Jesus, no. It. I, I think it is. I think Clarence Thomas finally has enough people on his team to do what he wants to do. This has been Clarence's game. Yeah, Since but 1992. None, of them, none of them like Clarence Thomas. You've he's heard an unlikable that, right? fucking coos, of course. I know. None none of them like Clarence Thomas. He's not run he's not the ringleader of this fucking But group. he wants you to continue. Who, he immediately was like on Friday, he was like, let's roll back the other shit too. Let's keep fucking doing this shit. Let's take rights away from people, including okay. taking rights away for, for gay people to marry, forgetting apparently the fact that Which isn't that it, gonna it, happen. It's, it's never going to happen. But forgetting the fact that it used to be illegal for a black man or a black person to marry a white person. And look who he's married to. A, she married a white man. He married a white man. Yeah, I know. Have you seen yeah, Jenny she, Thomas? She's married a white man. Uh, she, she, looks, she, looks, she looks less like a woman than, the, what is it, the secretary of... Janet Reno? Whatever. Yeah, if you're sure. You know, we'll go with that. There's a trans, there's oh, a trans the, woman yeah. in the administration, and I was making Jesus. a joke that Jenny Thomas looks more like a man than she does. But that that joke did not plan because I didn't know the name. I mean, look, number four. Let, let me just, oh. let me finish the Lori Lightfoot yeah, yeah. thing. You know, everything Lori Lightfoot does to me feels like a hail mary of please like me, please elect me again because I'm not a total. <laughs> see, like I hate Clarence Thomas too. I'm not a failure, piece of shit, liar, fucking moron like I have yeah. been for the last three and a half years. So good try there, Lori. Um, and yeah, fuck Clarence Thomas and fuck his stupid wife too. Number four, Cassidy Hutchinson. Where the fuck has she been all my life? In it, she's twenty five. She's twenty six. Yeah, she, like she was a she was a toddler for most of your life. Yeah, okay. Um, talk about a smoke show gun. No, what smoking? No, <laughs> come on, come on, David, do better, do better, man. Come on. You're, every man in America was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Wow, she's cute. Okay, but, but, but uh, you know, is more she, importantly, the, the comparison has been automatically like, is she John Dean, who is the guy in the Watergate? That's exactly that was like, who she there is. are recordings of all this shit, everybody, and that she was the busted, undoing. She busted it wide open. So you now here's what's interesting: was the, the Secret Service is saying that Trump did not like reach through and grab the steering wheel or whatever the fuck that was. But I don't know if I trust the secrets. I don't well, know. Even I, the, the thing about it is, even if even if I did trust the Secret Service, here's what I would say. Regardless of that, you're under oath. You are on national television. You're 25, 26 years old. Holy motherfucking shit. Is that the story you're going to make up? Yeah. I mean, if you're going right. to make up a story... 
that is like the that is the easily verifiable or denied. Yeah. You know, no, I, I, so, I, I so believe it. I believe her. And I believe chance, all women. Every no, I don't believe all no. fucking women, but I believe her, and and yeah. I believe every word she said, and I love the way they played that, which was let's get to let you know we're gonna do all the all the very wonky shit. And then we're going to get to the end, and now we're going to get to tell some fucking stories about Trump throwing Heinz ketchup across a room and fucking strangling a, a, a Secret Service the, guy. I mean, that's two, brilliant. The two brilliant. things that really just made me go, oh, oh, Jesus, was Trump going, he want more people in the crowd. It's like, get rid of the, the, the mags. The, the mags. The, the, yeah. 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 They're not here to hurt me. And, like, mm-hmm. that is, cl- to, I mean, again, not a legal expert, but that feels like a very clear understanding of let's go there and fight, knowing that his people were armed. Yeah. Well, I the, mean, only prob- uh, the only problem, the only, and the only problem, and I read this and I thought it was interesting, the only problem with, because uh, we're watching this and we all go, wow, this is a shut and fucking, this is a cut and dry case. Of course it's not. They're going to they're gonna totally put, well, the problem is a lot of what is being uh, testified to is hearsay. Mm-hmm. Now there are loopholes in the hearsay law, but that a good a good defense attorney. Now there, it's arguable that that Trump's got such great character uh, scouting skills that uh, whoever he gets as an attorney is going to be a fuck up like Amber Heard's. But um, <laughs> the the rules of hearsay are are pretty good. But I love Cassidy Hutchinson. I thought she was I, brave as shit. I think yeah. I'm telling you. God damn it. First of all, it's one thing to be like a guy at the end of your fucking career, which is most of their witnesses, yeah. going, all right, I'm going to tell the truth. This is a woman who has her entire life ahead of her yeah. and has decided she's going to go against one of the most singularly divisive figures in American history. And mm-hmm. she's going to fucking sit there and she's going to tell her, she's going to yeah. tell the truth. She's going to, I, I really was she's amazed. A, she's incredible. Yeah. And thrilled. Uh, she's and a I, hero. She's I love a hero. the way that she described like Mark Meadows on January 6th, <laughs> like of him. I just picture him just sitting on a couch. Like maybe he's got like one shoe With off. His, his, phone. T- he had his it, tie it, is loose and he's got like one yeah. shoe off and he's on his phone, like playing fucking solitaire, scrolling through his daughter's. Um, like hot friends Instagram or something, you know, <laughs> like just it, it, he was like he was I don't on, know, Trump he doesn't was fucking t- care. He doesn't. He thinks yeah. that they're right. He they was, he, my was on t- uh, he was on TikTok so that the Chinese could surveil him. So yeah, yeah. like that's just such a funny picture of like what just what a goddamn idiotic shit show circus fire. Oh yeah, just, no, wow. it's 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 yeah, it's uh, the January sixth committee. Whether the thing about it is whether or not it ends up, it, it like I said, it better end up into some goddamn prosecutions, or I'm going to be really unhappy. Yeah. However, I'm pretty sure that Merrick Garland doesn't lie awake at night and go, "I wonder what Don Hall thinks." You don't know that he doesn't so, think that. I I don't know that, but I think it's highly doubtful. Number five. This week, Facebook and Instagram have begun promptly removing posts that offer abortion pills to women who may not be able to access them. Uh, why, why, why would they do that? What is, they let everything else go. Why can't they let people share healthcare? Oh, oh, I know why. I know why. Because Facebook and Instagram fucking suck shit. That's why. It's just that simple. They, every decision they make is a bad decision. 
yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. And again, God. you are you're still on Facebook and Instagram, aren't you? No, I not have e- not I, either. I have I I am still on Instagram because Katie will occasionally post something or like for work stuff sometimes. All right, I rarely go on. It is like buried back in my phone. It's not even like a tick anymore to go to, like yeah. My but All my right. Instagram account is still active, but I I no, never just, use it. I'm just throwing out there number six. A burger, quote, that tastes like human flesh, okay, despite being vegan, wins a top award from just where you came from. It got the Silver Brand Experience and Activation Lion at the Cannes Lions Festival. A Swedish company made a vegan burger that, according to them, tastes just like human flesh. Well, you know, if we're going to talk about bringing the tribes, the different tribes together. (laughs) What better way than to bring cannibalism and veganism together? Like, we have found a shared, a shared joy. Let's do this. I think it's great. Your body, your, your body, my choice with a little bit of ketchup. Yeah. And cheese. (laughs) Mm, Vegan cheese though, because dairy is rape. It's true, dairy is rape, but maybe maybe what I think I would really like, uh, and this would be I think appropriate, is not not only if they if they did the human flesh, but if they made like sliders that tasted like fetuses. Oh yeah. Speaking yeah. of, do you know what we bought the other day? A brand new cooler. It holds twelve cans of of twelve you know twelve twelve ounce cans of, of beer or soda, um, a lunch or uh, a placenta, because I'm bringing our placenta home. And we're going to get that shit freeze-dried and put into pills for Katie to, to take. Like, basically consume her placenta. I'm excited to use this brand new little canvas igloo over-the-shoulder cooler. Okay, that is literally one of the nastiest things I can think of. So you're going to have to explain to me why Katie would want to eat her own placenta. Uh, it'll be a topic for it's, later, but I mean, in short, is there a reason for it? Is there there's a, reason? a lot is there like of a medical, like good, yeah, like a lot of good nutrients and hormones, it? and like it just helps. Can I just can like I kind suggest of everything? Yeah, yeah. Can I suggest that maybe she just go with some uh, Jack's Links and just do the jerky thing? Uh, I'm just saying, if you need the protein, um, yeah, I mean, this is like super protein, like super multivitamin, super. This is this is the nectar of the gods or the the beef steak of the gods. So why aren't you eating it? I, I, I'm not saying I won't. They're, they're dehydrated and put into pills, so it's not like an eating thing. It's like a pill you'll, t- you'll take. I don't know that I can. I don't know if, how it'll affect me. I need to look into that. Well, I'm going to, just, just along those lines, I'm going to make giant, I'm going to get the little, you know, those little, uh, the pill caplets. Yeah. And I'm going to try to like really poop in small mm-hmm. amounts and I'm going to poop in them and I'm going to make, and then I'm going to send those to you so you can have yeah. those. Yeah, I mean, you know, I eat a lot of th- cheese. There's, there's some good. There's got to be some uh, leftover nutrients in in our poop. That's what it, I'm saying. It can't be yeah. pure waste. Of course not. All right, my first thing to do this week is a read. It's in the Atlantic. Uh, it is by Ronald Brownstein. America is growing apart, possibly for good. The great quote unquote convergence of the mid 20th century may have been an anomaly. Uh, this is an interesting perspective and it goes to kind of what we were both saying don that like there's a division and we may not be coming back from it but it's kind of always been there so yeah but it's it's a interesting read um 
it's it's hard to go wrong in, with an Atlantic story. That is true. My first is a watch. It is on Netflix. It is a series, six episodes called Web of Make Believe. And I didn't think that, number one, I would learn anything from a Netflix series about the uh, bullshit that is the internet, because I read so much about it anyway, but I did. And uh, it's the last two episodes specifically are, they're, they're a, a one-two episode about the same story. Really good stuff. I mean, it's really very interesting. They cover online bullying. They cover uh, disinformation. Is it, it's a docu-series. Um, it, six-part docu-series. Yeah, it's a docu-series. Yeah, okay. yeah six-part docu And it, it, it's the web of make-believe, and I, 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 I highly recommend it. It's really good. It's right. really good. Cool. Um, my next thing is another read. It's, again, in The Atlantic by Elaine Godfrey. America's about to see just how pro-life Republicans actually are. Uh, after the fall of Roe, some abortion opponents think it's time to focus on expanding America's social safety net. Will the rest of their movement join them? Which is essentially what I wrote about what, last you wrote week. Last like, week. Okay, mm-hmm. time to be pro-life. Let's get all the other pro-life stuff, you know, on, on the docket here. So, Let's yeah, go. interesting. My number two is, and I've said this before, but I just can't get enough of it. And part of the reason I'm recommending it is that all great franchises in some way have shitty asshole fanboys. Mm-hmm. I mean, Star Wars is probably the reigning like asshole fanboys. If you do anything that pisses them off, yeah, then they're going to you know, troll it. Um, but one of the things that's most interesting is on Amazon, they have The Boys. And season three is right now. What's really interesting is that the main character, the, or the, the main villain who's basically Superman, he's called Homelander, um, is increasingly, and especially in this season three, he is Donald Trump. I mean, they're making, and in fact, the showrunner said, yeah, this is what we're going for. Hmm. I mean, he he fucked a Nazi, a Nazi. His girlfriend was a fucking Nazi in the second season. How did you know she and was so, a Nazi? She talks in her sleep. <laughs> da 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 ba like... Um, but this third season, first of all, they are going as far as they can. I just watched an episode. The latest episode was called Herogasm. <laughs> and it and it was basically all the C-level uh, superheroes traditionally have an orgy. Oh, my God. And, and this is a superhero orgy with more fucked up fluid, like shit just spewing. It's the grossest thing. But so hysterical. I've, <laughs> it's just so fucked up. And it culminates with a guy fucking an octopus. And wow. I'm just, it, I mean, I'm telling you, this show is out of control. It's hysterical. I will just tell you this. because Have you watched any of it? No. The very first episode has effectively their version of Ant-Man, mm-hmm. who happens to be gay. And he, he, his boyfriend wants him to shrink down and crawl into his penis Come on. hole. Come on. And while he's in the penis hole, he sneezes and grows to full size while he's <gasps> in the guy's dick. Oh. It is the grossest, most bizarrely graphic, what the fuck just happened? This show is pushing every taste boundary you can push. And oh. I didn't think they could get better. It, it, I'm telling you, the boys on Amazon is, if you haven't watched it, if you have any kind of like 
desire to see how far you can go, this is the show to watch. All right. I will give that a go. Jesus. It's really gross and incredibly funny. Incredibly funny. All right. My final thing is another read this week. It is in Politico. Uh, What Republicans know and Democrats don't about the white working class. Uh, This is by Lisa Pruitt. Uh, Lisa Pruitt is a Martin Luther King Jr. professor of law at the University of California, Davis. She's writing a book about what the experience of migrating from the working class to the chattering class can teach us about contemporary political divisions. Yeah, I mean, this is the... Like, they're just country bumpkins. Like, it's not... It's Yeah, they're small town... Small mind. Small town too, does not mean stupid. Not, it, right. it doesn't mean stupid. It's not that simple. It's really not. Um, and my third thing is, and you and I talked a little bit, is uh, Netflix, The Umbrella Academy, season three. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a number of reasons to watch it. Number one, I love the characters. I think they're all fun. Um, number two, in terms of, and, and that's what I, I have to say, I really respect Elliot Page. Um, transgender male they worked it into what I love about this show is that she they were they had written season three mm-hmm. with her as Vanya mm-hmm. before she transitioned she transitioned so they changed the script and the way they handle that change is it's what I love the most about it is it's sort of like it's no big deal yeah all of, all of her siblings like, oh, Victor? You're not Vanya anymore? You're Victor? Yeah. Okay, cool. I love what um, number five says where he just goes, well, Victor, last time I checked, you weren't the boss of us. So what do you, or like, he's just like, yeah, anyway, back to business, enough with this, sh- like, not brushing yeah, it off. I but mean, like, it's like, okay, cool, but it's fine. Just like, it's, it's yeah. all right, that's your choice. And, so now, and, and, now you, we've got another and, brother, and great. I, and, I, and I really, I thoroughly, I mean, that aside, I mean, I really, I thought that was quite significant. Mm-hmm. And again, we're talking about sort of that trans acceptance. Yeah. This is how it's done. And it was. And all it played the fucking, into the story the without it being pro- the story. Exactly. Yeah. All the goddamn protests in the world, the screaming at J.K. Rowling yeah. is fucking noise compared to this goddamn show, which is one of the most watched shows on Netflix. And it's such a simple thing. It's not angry. It's not strident. It's simply accepting. And that ultimately is what's going to get transgender people in the same place as gay people. I am a little worried about Elliot Page. I, and, and in the first two seasons of The Umbrella Academy, Ellen Page looked the same way. But now like it's even more so with the short hair. She, he looks like... Justin Bieber in his last 15 minutes in hospice care. Well, yeah. Like, you know, Victor is a sick kid, right? Like, well, no, like... the thing, this is the thing, this is the thing that I notice is that, and, and, and the thing about it is, and that's, you know, if you follow, follow, follow first her career and now his career, the big difference in what he looks like now is, I mean, he definitely looks like Elliot Page. Yeah. But there's a lot of weight loss. And so yeah. the weight loss is making him look much thinner and more gaunt mm-hmm. than we're used to seeing. Now, part of that is testosterone. And part of that is just, you know, a, a ton of surgery. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to suddenly see, you know, I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't suddenly want to see Elliot Page look like Seth Rogen. But, <laughs> right. 
he he could gain a pound or two and it wouldn't kill him. You he, know? Just, he looks sick, but I don't know if that's for the character because Vanya looks sick, pale and but, gaunt. Well, Vanya and, Vanya and Victor both look sad, but and and that's the character. But uh, I think I think I think uh, Elliot Page. I mean, it just is. I mean, it's like I'm not going to criticize how he looks based on his weight, but I yeah, think no, he could probably no. he could probably put a pound or two on and it wouldn't kill him. Eat a sandwich, goddammit. Elliot, hit, let me introduce you to this thing called pasta. Yeah. <laughs> and that is the show. That's it. So, uh, yeah, happy 4th of July. Go America. Find, find, find some way to appreciate the fact that I swear to God, if you think that living in any other country is better than living here. Nah, fuck that. Here's what you do this 4th of July. Do some fucking research. Jesus Christ. Do something kind for your fellow American. Any fellow American. Mm. Fucking say hello to a stranger on the street. Throw a dollar to a homeless person. Take a homeless family out to lunch. Just do something kind. I think you should do that every single day of the year. Yeah, but... And what I would say on this 4th of July, re-embrace... The lessons of the enlightenment. That's all I'm going to say. That's that's good. You can listen to the Literate Apecast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to two white guys holding court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. <laughs>